Welcome to the People Show. It is Josh Elliott. We're filling in for Vic Nazar today, a little bit under the weather. So you got me for the next hour here. Coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. You can also text in the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or our beauties in Vancouver online at Dunbar Lumber. Com. Got Elon Chark with me. We're going to get into some NFL talk coming up in a few moments. Uh, Ross Tucker, CBS Sports, former NFL player and host of the Ross Tucker podcast, will join us. We'll go around the league. Uh, also, Thursday night football tonight. Titans, Steelers, marquee matchup. Get pumped. Will Levis. He's going to go off. I just know it. I just know it. Um, and later, we will also get into... The Canucks taking on the league powerhouse, San Jose Sharks. They're actually not very good. But we'll get into that. Um, and what the Canucks need to do to for this to be like a good game in terms of you look at it and you say, yeah, the Canucks went in and did what they had to do against a very weak San Jose opponent. Uh, we'll get into that later. And also uh, hear from Rick Tockett as well ahead of tonight's game in San Jose, which, by the way, is a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. A little late. Have some coffee. Have some tea. Whatever you want. Get ready for tonight's game. Um, but on the NFL side, the nice part about a 7.30 start, you can watch as much of the NFL Thursday nighter as possible before switching over to the Canucks game or also Canucks uh, – Central on TV today, starting at 7. You can also watch that. Anyway, Titans and Steelers. And uh, going into this game, I believe uh, Kenny Pickett is healthy. He is going to play. Um, Every time I look at the AFC standings, the Steelers, regardless of what year it is, are always way higher than I expect them to be. Right now, they're 4-3 on the season. Over 500. Mike Tomlin just somehow finds his way into being not a contender, but like in the conversation in terms of making the playoffs. Josh, as shaky as the Steelers offense has been this season, you do got to give some props to their defense. TJ Watt, we know Minka's out tonight, but their defense always steps up. Mm -hmm. You know, Will Levis had a great game last week, four passing touchdowns. Can he do it against this tough defense though again? I think it's going to be really, really tough. I hope to see it, though, because, you know, like when when a rookie quarterback like this comes in, especially when it's midseason, I love seeing the breakout of a rookie quarterback, you know, um, last week. And, and it takes a few weeks for it to happen. Last week felt like the first step for Levis. And that doesn't mean he can't have a bad game this week and maybe continue to progress moving forward. But I hope this is a another statement game for Levis because things – uh. Things are just more exciting when you have more good quarterbacks, especially when they're young, coming up and and trying to, you know, make a name for themselves, I guess. Um, So I do hope we see Levis have some success tonight against the Steelers defense. But to Elon's point, it's going to be very, very difficult um, with how good the Steelers defense has been. It's keeping them in games, and that's going to be something to keep an eye on tonight. I also, uh, in terms of 
people who are benefiting from this uh, Will Levis experiment, I guess. Not really an experiment because they were kind of forced into it with the Ryan Tannehill injury. But the Will Levis experience is uh, DeAndre Hopkins looked really, really good last week, too. And uh, I wonder if that carries over as well. In terms of fantasy, uh, I think a lot of people are loving the D-Hop explosion from last week. Let's welcome in our uh, guest today, though, Ross Tucker, CBS Sports, former NFL player and host of the Ross Tucker podcast. Uh, Thanks for taking time. How are you? Uh, My pleasure. Anytime I get a chance to spend a night with Dave Hagan, I am very, very happy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a win. Um, So let's start there. Uh, Will Levis and the Titans taking on the Steelers tonight. What do you think worked for Levis in his debut on Sunday, and and can you see him having a similar success tonight? Yeah, I mean, obviously throwing the ball deep worked, and in particular to DeAndre Hopkins. They were heavy, heavy play action last Sunday against Atlanta, which made a lot of sense, right? If you're the Falcons defense and you're going against the Tennessee Titans with a rookie quarterback, they were all geared up to stop Derrick Henry. So I loved the game plan by the Titans to go heavy play action, fake it to Henry, throw it deep, and it worked. You know, I mean, that was the last thing I think the Falcons were expecting was for Will Levis to go bombs away, which is probably why it was so successful. So is that something you think the the Steelers are going to be prepared for and maybe the Titans won't have as much success trying to go that route tonight? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the way you just described it is exactly what I'm thinking, you know. I don't think that the Titans are going to be able to fool the Steelers quite as much with the play-action stuff. They're going to be ready for that. I think they'll try to make the Titans prove that they can run it against. And the other thing is, you know, the Steelers just have much better edge rushers than the Falcons did, right? So there's a much better chance that they're able to get pressure with T.J. Watt and Highsmith off the edge than the guys the Falcons were lining up with. Uh, it is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf joined now by Ross Tucker. Uh, I wanted to get into some of the big news of the week as well. The the Raiders firing Josh McDaniels and their GM after that game on Monday. Where do the Raiders and, and Mark Davis go from here? And I know that Davis said today that Antonio Pierce is, is the right guy at the right time, quote unquote. But barring a miracle, I just can't really see him actually being the guy long term. You know what's so interesting about that? I think uh, Pierce has an unbelievable opportunity because things were so bad with McDaniels and the guys really like and respect Pierce, who, by the way, we were rookies together in Washington in 2001. So I've known Antonio since we were both 22 years old. Um, But so I think that they kind of realize they made a mistake not keeping Basaccia after what he did as the interim coach when Gruden had to resign a couple years ago. So the way I look at that, my read on that is if Pierce gives him enough to show that he deserves the opportunity, I think Mark Davis will be a lot more likely to give him that opportunity, right? Because I don't think he wants to make the same mistake twice. Right. So you, you go back with Pierce. Uh, what, what kind of a coach do you think he's going to be for the Raiders? Like, do you think he is the right guy at the right time here? Well, I know this much. Uh, he is very, very intense, very, very passionate about the sport of football. So, um, And he always has been, right? And I think that he's genuine. He's authentic. He's got the energy. I think all of those things 
give them a really, really good chance to be in favor with the players. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, if you think about it, right, if they're able to have success with Aiden O'Connell as the rookie quarterback, boy, that bodes well, right? I mean, if he can, if he can win some games with a rookie quarterback and build some excitement in the fan base, then I think they absolutely have a chance he has a chance to be hired as the full-time guy. Uh, so the other big news of the week, obviously, trade deadline uh, coming and going. What did you think of, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, the addition for the Vikings after Kirk Cousins went down, uh, Josh Dobbs being brought in, very low risk, like the price was was minimal. But is he enough to keep the Minnesota Vikings in the race? Like, especially you look at their schedule, it's it's pretty weak. Do you think that was a that was a good ad, or is it isn't enough for the Vikings? I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think it's enough. Um, I know um, Josh Dobbs pretty well. I actually called that that Cardinals Ravens game on Sunday, so I guess I was honored to call the last game of the Josh Dobbs era yeah. in Arizona. And uh, he, you know, he he struggled. He had two really poor interceptions. You know, he's the type of guy that I think can play pretty soon after he gets to a place and can hold down the fort, so to speak. But I think eventually, you know, you're going to want better. I, I'd be surprised if they're able to have success and get to the playoffs with, with him as their quarterback. Uh, elsewhere in that division, the Bears adding uh, Montez Sweat, not as low of a price. And and personally, when I saw the trade, I was like, well, if they're paying that price, they got to they gotta have some sort of contract agreement in place or at least some some confidence that they're going to get a contract done. But that doesn't seem to be the case. What do what did you think of that addition and and where the Bears are at when making a trade like that? Well, so I love Montez Sweat. Um, I guess I'm a little bit confused. They, they weren't able to get a contract at the same time, right? So think about that for a second now. You've got a guy that comes in, and they ask him about a new contract, and he said, ah, I think I might let things play out a little bit, see what it's like here, which seems to indicate he's not really in a hurry to sign a new contract. So that would sort of be, you know, red flag number one. And then number two, Ryan Poles, the GM, comes out and says, hopefully we'll work on that and be able to get that done soon. I mean, they're giving that agent so much leverage right now because they know they have to get him signed to a long-term deal. Wait till you see how much money Montez Sweat is going to get. It's going to be outrageous. Good for him, though, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Get your bag. Um, but, like, do you think – when you look at the Bears, like, is, they, is there enough for Montez Sweat to be sold on other than if they, if they throw a bunch of money at him, like staying in Chicago? No, there's not which is why they'll have to, like, franchise tag him. If they can't get him signed mm-hmm. to a long-term deal, they'll have to franchise tag him. Because to your point, there's definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. So that's that's how they're going to have to go about it, unfortunately. Uh, elsewhere, I wanted to, to take a look at the, the NFC West close to home as well here in Vancouver. Um, the Seahawks have been rolling a bit, and it kind of coincides with the Niners slipping. Do you have any concerns about – the 49ers right now, or is this just going to be like these past few games, something we look back on at the end of the season as, as kind of a blip in an otherwise decent year for a, for a decent team? No, I think when it's three in a row like this and the defense has gotten torched in back-to-back games and Brock Purdy starting to turn over like it, I, I think this is a trend now. So, yes, I, I do think 
that you need to be a little bit concerned if you're a Niners fan. And frankly, that's part of the reason why I believe they went ahead and got Chase Young. I mean, not just because I think they felt like they needed somebody opposite Bosa, but I think they felt like they needed a psychological boost. You know, it was not good. What was going on was not good. And I think they realized they, we need to do something here to, to flip the script and give these guys a boost going into coming out of the bye. I think that's exactly why they did it. And then on the flip side, we mentioned the Seahawks. They're, they're rolling right now. Added Leonard Williams. What do you think of their outlook? And it kind of feels like a kind of an arms race between the, the Seahawks and the Niners right now. Well, it definitely is. I think Leonard Williams is a fantastic player. And similarly to the Niners getting Chase Young, I think it's like a psychological thing. As much as, first of all, you can never have too many defensive linemen. I think we all recognize that in today's NFL. Secondly, imagine you're, you're on that team. You know, you know that the Niners have lost three in a row. You know that they're having some issues. You get in there and your team goes out and trades future draft picks for Leonard Williams. You are pumped. And honestly, you know, because I've been there, you're pumped on multiple levels. I mean, number one, you're excited that you got Leonard Williams. Number two, less draft picks for your team means less guys that can take your job, you know, the next year. So there's, there's a couple different reasons to be excited about that. For sure. Hey, Ross, uh, appreciate you taking the time. Have a good call tonight and uh, look or enjoy uh, week nine. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. That is uh, Ross Tucker, CBS Sports, former NFL player and host of the Ross Tucker podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL. We'll be on the call for uh, Titans Steelers on the national radio feed, I believe, for tonight's game. Uh, some interesting things on the Seahawks and Niners there. Um it almost feels like like we came into this season and we kind of talked about it early in the week as well. It felt like it was the Eagles or Niners division or conference to to lose. And, and one of my bold predictions before the season start started, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I said the Seahawks would win the NFC West, and I'm feeling pretty confident in that right now. Elon, are you uh, are you on board? Josh, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I kind of jumped at you for you saying did. that. Because, you were aggressive. Well, like we saw for the first five weeks of the season, the 49ers were you know, top tier in the league, and obviously the past couple weeks we've seen Brock Purdy return to normalcy, uh, Debo struggling with injuries like he does. But now I do see it. You know, We see the Seahawks' defense and how elite they can be. Going back to week four of this season, they're first in points a game in points allowed. Very impressive. Second in yards a game, third in net pass yards a game, and first in sacks. Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Leonard Williams, yeah, too. I mean, it's an easy argument to say that they can compete for the division now. Yeah, and, and look, a part of it is Brock Purdy. Like he's, he's having these concussion protocol issues, and he's, he's not the Brock Purdy that we saw early in the year. But I think there were some underlying things as well in his game. We talk about it a lot with the Canucks. It's like, hey, he could be doing well, but there's these these underlying things that might be a concern at some point. And for the Niners, we're seeing it a bit right now where these like there's more turnovers and, and he just isn't as crisp in in his game. And that's gonna happen for for a quarterback that's as young as Purdy is and and inexperienced. And there's a reason he was the last pick in the draft. He's not a he's not a slam dunk guy, but 
I'm just really confident in the the kind of vibes that the the Seahawks are bringing right now. We talked to Jen Mueller early in the week, and when you're a young team who I don't want to say the Seahawks didn't have expectations on them because I think everybody expected them to make the playoffs and be a team that was competitive. But when you're a team that isn't projected to compete for a Super Bowl this season, there isn't that pressure on you. And and when you're a bunch of young guys who are going out, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder. Like you want to be the team that upsets the Niners or upsets some of the top teams in the NFC that can go a long way if you actually have success doing it. And that's what we're seeing from Seattle right now is they're having success taking care of these top teams. And there is this upcoming stretch that we talked about um, early in the week as well on Monday. There's this four-week stretch where uh, from week 12 to week 15, I believe it is, the Seahawks play the Niners, then the Cowboys, then the Niners, then the Eagles. And then, and then they play the Will Levis, Tennessee Titans. So that's probably the hardest game of the five. But of those four, like, that's going to be where we see who the re- real Seattle Seahawks are, right? Like I, this is going to be – that's kind of going to be the make or break in terms of not only winning the division, but if you take three, if you take four of those games, people are going to look at you as not only – a powerhouse in the NFC, but maybe a Super Bowl threat on top of that as well. Yeah, and we can't get too ahead of ourselves, but I am kind of looking ahead at the 49ers Seahawks, the Thursday night matchup on November 23rd. Mm-hmm. I think all Seahawks fans, you know, you want to see them play the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey. I think he's got a touchdown in, what is it, 16 straight games. Broke 17 the, now. Broke the record last week. Mm-hmm. This defense is looking built to stop the run. Leonard Williams, he's more of a run, run stuffer than a pass rusher himself. So, you know, we'll see. It's not, it's a few weeks until then. You know, you got a couple of hard matchups You're coming up this week. It's a real test against Baltimore and Lamar. Uh, but that's what I'm excited for is that matchup. I was kind of surprised. We did uh, guess the lines earlier in the week. I don't know if it's moved, but the, the Ravens were, like, really big favorites, in my opinion. I think it was five and a half for the Ravens. Seemed like a little That's too a lot much. of points. Yeah, especially, like, you're the Seahawks. Hey, maybe Leonard Williams isn't going to be – um, a big piece right away, but you already have a really good defense. Like the the pieces are there, and you've been you've been streaking the last little bit. Feel like they're not getting the the respect they deserve, but hey, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a little too optimistic on the on the. The Ravens uh, are up to six point favorites now. They're up to six. Point. What's happening? It just feel it feels like too much. I'm not gonna tell you how to where to put your money, but the Seahawks. Uh, I would be surprised if when Bick Nazar comes back tomorrow, I would be surprised if the Seahawks are not featured on that. But maybe uh, maybe he stays away because he's a little too hesitant to take the Seahawks right now. Uh, this text, Mike from West Vancouver, the Seahawks' biggest test is this Sunday in Baltimore. They need to win that if they want to be known as a Super Bowl contender. That's fair. Uh, Ravens 6-2 and two on the season. Lamar looks... Better than he has in previous years. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, they stomped the Detroit Lions, who have also looked pretty good this year. And then mm-hmm. coming back last week, you know, they, they beat the Cardinals by by eight points. Yeah. They, not, not that impressive. Yeah. But still, like, you, you take care of business any way you can. Um, I just feel like in terms of, like, this is this is kind of the first test for the Seahawks in terms of, hey, you're taking on – 
a very a team that's going to be a contender. I mean, you can maybe say you can maybe make the argument that the Bengals were that um, or that the Browns were that, but I think this year so far the Bengals haven't really hit their stride yet, and that was kind of the first maybe the first step for Cincy was that week when they beat the Seahawks. But the Ravens are one of the teams that are that are absolutely cooking right now, and and the Browns were as well, but. Their peak without they didn't have Deshaun just wasn't as high as what the Ravens can be. So I do agree with uh, Mike from West Vancouver. This is the biggest test um, for the Seattle Seahawks until they get to again that four week stretch. I think it's just going to be it's just going to be crazy for them um, when they get to that week twelve to week fifteen. It go ahead. Yeah, and I will say Josh that Gino's been he's been all right. He hasn't been nearly as good as we saw him last year in terms of his accuracy. But I think that's a promising thing is that Geno can still take another step and has another level that we've seen last season for this team, which has improved so much defensively. It hasn't, like, he hasn't had to win them a game yet. And I do think he still has it in him. And maybe there's a limit to it, but... That is encouraging for sure. Is like he hasn't had to win them a game. I think there will come a time where he has to win them a game, and we'll see if he can. Um, especially when you get closer to the playoffs. And again, I keep harping on that four week stretch, but that's going to be really important. Um, I do, I do want to see more from Gino though. It is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf, Elon Shark here with you. Uh, elsewhere on Sunday. I did. We didn't have time to ask uh, Ross Tucker this, but maybe we'll we'll talk amongst ourselves here. There's a few marquee matchups this week. There's the Chiefs and Dolphins in Germany, 6:30 a.m. Wake up for that. Um, Cowboys and Eagles, another big game, and then the Bills taking on the Bengals in the Sunday Nighter. You're a Bills guy, so your your bias may show here. But of the teams involved, so six teams there. Who do you think we're going to learn the most about this week in terms of like what this team can be long-term throughout the season, what this team can be if they, when they get to the playoffs and a lot of these teams, like all six of them, I think have Super Bowl aspirations. Is this the the week where we see one team confirm that they're, Hey, like we're going to compete for a Super Bowl or are we going to see a team kind of fall out of that conversation? Well, Josh, this year's been good because we've seen all these teams light up other good teams and then lose to terrible teams as well. Yeah. Right? Dolphins, Chiefs, marquee matchup of the week besides the Bills and Bengals. Of course, they're playing in Germany. Yeah, that's a tough break. That's a tough Germany break. gets the, the, the early start for at that game. At least it's, I will say, it's like the one game on at that time. If you're out east, it's at 9.30. Here, it's at 6.30. I'm not waking up for it. Right, and this is a big game for both teams, right? Because we saw the Chiefs lose to the Broncos last week. We've seen the Dolphins get killed by the Bills earlier this season. So I think this is a big game for for both of those teams in the sense that if the Dolphins beat the Chiefs, I will take them a little more seriously. Mm -hmm. And if the Chiefs bounce back from that terrible showing against the Broncos and, and light it up against the Dolphins... That'll open my eyes as well. What do you think? I think the team I was leaning towards was probably whoever wins the bills Bengals game. Just because I think both teams have had question marks around them all season. We've seen flaws in their game. And, hey, maybe those flaws will still be evident on Sunday and we won't really learn too much from the winner or loser. I just think whoever wins that game 
if they win it in semi-commanding fashion, that could be that could be something we look at later on in the season, and that's like, hey, that's the moment where this team put their stamp on what they can be as the season goes on. If I had to pick a team, I would pick the Bills to to do it, but if the Bengals walk away with a win, that would be that would be equally impressive in my opinion. Yeah, this is going to be a tight game, and it's interesting since 2021, it's been the Bills and the Bengals who have the most air yards downfield for touchdowns. Stephon Diggs with 22, Gabe Davis also has 22, and then Jamar Chase has 21. So if you like big play football, hopefully we'll see that more this week, but you never know. Teams will switch up their game plan, try and surprise you. I just hope Ken Dorsey doesn't get too fancy with the run and and once again, let, let Josh Allen be Josh Allen. And that's how the Bills win football. Let Josh cook. That's what my fiance always says. But it's just, it's about me. It's not about Josh Allen. Uh, it is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf, Elon Shark here as well. Keep your text coming in 650, 650. Dunbar Lumber text line. On the other side, we're going to be uh, hearing from Rick Tockett ahead of tonight's Canucks game in San Jose. And we'll talk all Canucks on the other side as well. It is your home of the Canucks. The People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf on Sportsnet 650.